the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, of course, it is. It's Thursday. It's March 4th. And coming up at 1 o'clock, we're going to carry it. I will be there. New governor, Governor Dan McKee, will hold his first press briefing, COVID briefing, but press briefing as governor. We'll be there. You're going to hear it, of course. We'll carry it right here on the John DePietro Show and uh, get a chance to talk to the governor. He had a very busy first day yesterday, making COVID, the vaccine, his priority. He had an active schedule. He was out in Providence a lot. First, three appearances were with Providence City Council person, Sabina Matos. She is and remains the front runner to be chosen, I believe, as the next lieutenant governor. It sounds like they're going to pick someone next week. Now, uh, today, maybe he felt after uh, making a few uh, political, you know, some appearances with her, I should say, that that there's good, um, you know, synergy there, good vibe, or maybe he finds out that by doing that, uh, not exactly what I'm looking for. So we don't know. But something I want to touch on, and again, the McKee press conference coming up at one o'clock, we're going to carry it live, is I saw this headline, Summer Event Planners Rhode Island as State for Guidance. You know, these different people, and they're trying to plan some events this summer. And again, well, we need guidance from the state. I, I, I got to be honest. I, I don't know what type of guidance they're talking about. I mean, at this point, just plan your events. The hospitalizations are down. The, the deaths are down. The vaccine is working. But by the end of this March uh, month, folks, of March, as we get into April, we're going to be close to herd immunity. You're talking about a summer event. Why do these people, I don't know how they do events. I don't know how they've been successful in the past. We're still looking at the state for guidance. Hey, listen, you, you just don't go for 100% capacity. You know the drill. I mean, try to have some distancing if you can. Outside is certainly better than inside. You want to have places, you know, sanitizer, masks. People can wash their hands. But by and large, all right, so don't have 100% capacity. Plan an event and have somewhere between, I don't know, 50 to 75% capacity. But, but all this, well, we need, what do you think the state is going to tell you? This is the problem. Just now as they're getting some freedom, just plan the stupid event already. What do you mean you want guidance from the state? Well, you know, we need the state to tell us we need some more predictor. Just plan the, how are you people event planners? What, what more do you need to know at this point? Why do you want the state getting involved? If you ask the state to get involved, I'll tell you, it, number one, it's going to be dragged out. Number two, then they're really going to be monitoring. It's going to be way under what you probably could do. You, you just have to venture ahead here at this point. And, and never mind by the fact, if you're doing an event in June, July, or August, the amount of people that have it is going to be—it's going to be way down. The vaccine is going to be available now. At some of these events, there were. By the way, keep in mind the Super Bowl was not a super spreader event. All these different outdoor gatherings where people are predicting super spreaders—it hasn't happened. So just plan the event. What do you mean you want guidance from the state? What more do you need? Just I, I, all right. Here's—I understand you—you you can't have full capacity, right? Just as an example. Folk Fest in Newport, um, right now, you know, normally it would be 10,000 capacity. Well, plan on like 6,000, and then who knows? Maybe you should get closer to the event, could get closer to 8,000, somewhere in there. I don't know if you could go full 10,000, pretty close though. But you have some boundaries and idea at this point what you're working on. For these people to still like, the last thing you want is the state getting involved. And and just look at the way, are people not paying attention that the vaccine is working? And as it gets even younger and younger, and then, you know, right now it's still older people. But as it starts to get into, they, Biden, President Biden has already said by July, anyone who wants the vaccine should be able to get it. Which probably, and it's even moving faster, would be June. Now listen, if you if there is an event, and people don't wear a mask or don't wash their hands 
or they didn't get the vaccine, and then they come down with COVID. Number one, the strain is not as severe as it was a year ago. But number two, I mean, you're going to get some of that. There are still going to be some people who will die from COVID because they, they just failed to get the vaccine. They didn't pay attention, whatever it is. But it's not going to be the large scale that we've had. All right. That will also monitor. I can't believe the big deal they're making in uh, in Washington. And, you know, these states that are moving ahead, Texas, Mississippi, they're moving ahead. And then Biden, Biden saying Neanderthal thinking. Folks, people have had it. You know, maybe in Texas and in um, in Mississippi and other states like that, I, if, if you have a compromised immune system and you don't have the vaccine yet, then you still need to be careful. But for everyone else, it is time to open things up. It is time to have children need to be back in school. Young people, you know, have not been hurt. It is time to start to get back to normal with the cautions. By the way, people aren't going to just flood out. People are tentative. But this business of they, it's going on too long and people are tired of listening to the government getting involved. All right, stay tuned. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient. Reduce your oil bill. By as much as 90%, they have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. 
You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, folks. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining me, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, it is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, let's start off by uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Boy, the hero of last spring wrote a book, got an Emmy. People are saying he should be at the top of the ticket, not Biden. It is less than a year later, and he is uh, in the middle of about a biggest firestorm as you can get, certainly in New York, around the country. But let's start off with um, this is going to be interesting now is he's agreeing to this independent investigation. And just kind of reminds me of once these things start, you you can certainly lose control of it. But let's start off with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. It's it's really a fast developing situation, John. Um, the governor's gone from saying nothing and avoiding the press. There's been a drip. Uh, there's been basically a drip, drip, drip of information coming out and new um, accusers coming out. There's up to three as of right now at last count. And the trick is, um, in one case, the woman who says that she kind of pushed back against his overtures of some. Uh, interaction between them and then he takes his hands and cradles her face and kisses her against her will and somebody took a picture of it and captured the moment of this girl's disgust as this guy is um, trying to kiss her it's it's not funny in that what he did was completely improper but in today's day and age you can't really do anything and presume you're not going to be filmed or taken a picture of, and that's exactly what's happened to the governor. I'm I'm pretty sure more will come out. You know, if a guy behaves this way and he's done it with three different people, potentially there could be more. Um, it's interesting that when um, Justice Kavanaugh was going through his confirmation hearing and Dr. Blasey Ford came out of nowhere to make accusations. Andrew Cuomo was out front saying, I believe her. She's incredible. Why would a woman do this? What does she have to gain by saying these things if they're not true? Now, I don't think he's been asked if that quote applies to his situation. Um, the media certainly isn't reminding the public very much that he was out front slamming uh, Judge Kavanaugh when he was going through his um, situation with an accuser whose charges lost steam as, as the, the case proceeded. Um, Governor Cuomo has hired a defense attorney, apparently a very good white-collar criminal defense lawyer, hmm. which I think is a very smart move. Yep. He, he's agreeing to an investigation. But who's doing the investigating? Um, I think if it's with the Attorney General of New York, she's no great ally of the governor. She might have a vested interest in digging down and getting the dirt on him. This is much different when someone in the House of Representatives has a problem like the governor's having. Um, They do an internal investigation. It goes before the Ethics Committee. And it basically dies in a, in, a, in, a, in a dark closet, never to be heard from again, and nothing really happens. What the governor's got to hope for is that this investigation drags out, that there's no new bombs going off with new accusers, and that he can ride this out. He is today saying he'll cooperate, he's contrite, he realizes that he did something that upon reflection was foolish but was not mean-spirited, um, He has the advantage of, um, you know, being a Democrat governor in a heavily Democrat state. Um, Compare this to what happened with um, Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, who had early in his administration had the uh, blackface scandal. Yes. He wrote out that storm. He's still governor. No one even talks about it anymore. Right. Right. Joe Biden has had his accuser during the campaign. That's right. The media didn't talk about that. Um, So it depends who is the target of the investigation and whether the media has an appetite to go after the target. I don't think they really have an appetite to go after Cuomo. They've been singing his praises for killing people in nursing homes. 
But I think this has reached such critical mass that they have to look into it. They can't avoid it. They're, whether they want to or not, um, at this point, the story has legs and they're going to have to report on it. I don't think the I don't think Andrew Cuomo will resign his office. No, I think he'll tough it out. Yep. And at the end of the day, I don't think anything's going to happen to him. But Tim Dodd, and again, folks, so speaking of our legal expert Tim Dodd, the old adage used to be uh, when you know first companies started talking about it, used to hear sexual harassment can't happen once. There has to be if if uh, a boss says or says to a subordinate, "Hey, would you like to grab dinner this weekend?" She says, "I'm really not interested." And if that's the end of it, then that's the end of it. But what about where, you know, he's saying, oh, it was just Fred. No, this is Cuomo now. Friendly banter. Uh, do you have a boyfriend? Uh, he ever been with an older guy? He's claiming he, um, you know, was just joking around. So far, Tim Dodd, as much as it's certainly embarrassing and on the, the cover of the, uh, the post and the, the tabloids in New York are going after him, he's a single guy. Um, there's there's no you know it wasn't like fourth and i'm not saying it has to go to that level but it would seem that based on what you described that they just they he may come right up to the line and you could certainly argue it was inappropriate the wedding situation was different because that was just inappropriateness at a, at a wedding um and really foolish when you think about it because you know everyone as soon as the governor of new york works in they're all taking photos but but tim so far with what you've seen uh does it sound like that they may have the goods on them where then, uh, you know, that they would say, yes, that did, he is guilty of it. Uh, well, I, I think he's kind of in a roundabout way, admitting that at least some of it's true. And look at, look at what happened with Joe Biden. They've yeah. got him doing all these creepy things, kissing women, smelling their hair, rubbing their yes. back, doing all this really peculiar stuff. And when it reached a critical mass, he basically said, you know, that's the way, you know, I lived. And now I realize that that kind of conduct is, is improper. I'll yep. mend, I'll mend my ways. And the media said, Oh, okay. And that was it. Mm, right. So he's out, he's not denying it. He's not stonewalling. He's giving the media a little something and he's giving a little something to the victim saying, I didn't fully appreciate or understand that my, Conduct could be seen as offensive. I thought it was joking around. I thought it was lighthearted. I thought it was um, just, you know, joking around. And now I realize that my conduct was not acceptable, not appropriate. And I see the error of my ways and I'm contrite and I'm sorry and I'll change. Well, that might be enough to get him through. Yep. If he stonewalled and said they're all crazy, they're all liars, much like Bill Clinton tried to paint Monica Lewinsky out to be some crazy person. Stalker, right. Um, this guy is taking a different approach. At, at this juncture, unless there's some new revelations, um, you know, there's, he, he's not touching them, you know, he's not committing any sort of a... Um, Improper touching, if you will, we right. could get into sure. more graphic situations. He's trying no. to kiss them, and I'm not minimizing that at all. I'm exactly. not minimizing Understood. it, but right. he's not grabbing their breasts. He's not grabbing no. their butts. He's not giving yep. them a back rub. You know, no. it's 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 sort of a hands off situation, except for trying to line up their face to give him a kiss, which is just yeah. creepy as can be. I think he survives this. Yeah. Now, Tim Dodd. Also, before we leave the Cuomo, let's just say each morning Andrew Cuomo would walk by one of his assistants and say, hey, you know, don't you look nice on this Tuesday? The next day, don't you look nice on this Wednesday and Thursday? She doesn't say anything. And then says, you know, I, I felt every day he'd come in and comment on my appearance. But what about if after Tuesday he says, hey, you look nice on this Tuesday? The woman says, you know, I really don't appreciate you commenting on my appearance. And then after that, he doesn't, he, he continues to do it. Under those two scenarios, um, could he be, you know, could he be held accountable if if he says, listen, I used to come in and say, hey, just as an example, you look nice today. And she never said anything. I didn't know that it bothered her. Yes, typically there have to be some acknowledgement that the comments or the conduct is not well received. It's inappropriate. It's unacceptable. Um 
many times in the workplace, a subordinate thinks that they can't speak out and say that they are offended or made uncomfortable because their job could be in jeopardy. That's a tricky wicket for the victim of this type of conduct. You know, if you complain, are you going to, if they're going to come up with some pretextual reason to get rid of you because now you're complaining about the conduct, it, it's a tough position to be the victim of that and know the appropriate note to hit to let the boss know you don't like it, especially yeah. when it's somebody, a governor from a powerful political family. That's a yeah. tricky wicket for the women who are subjected to this stuff. And Tim Dodd, if he finally, if he hired the attorney that had Harvey Weinstein, that's, he's obviously taking it very serious. This is going to be very aggressively defended. And, um, and this, I, they, they're going to, you know, really have their work cut out for him if they think they're going to get it based on what we've heard so far. Based on yes. What we've heard so far. And the trick is if he's lawyered up right now, I think yep. in terms of trying to kiss a couple of girls and ask some girl if she, um, woman i should have a date say. an older guy or yes yeah. let's let's say woman not girl that's, that's <laughs> my bad um that's not going to be enough to result in a criminal prosecution maybe cuomo knows that there's more stuff out there and he needs to lawyer up now to get ready for the next shooter drop it, yeah. it it seems almost like a bit of overkill to be lawyered up to this extent now if if it's just misunderstandings and if it's just right. him not understanding how his conduct could be perceived and, oh, I'm sorry, and oh, I'll change my ways, there's not enough so far, I don't think, to be deemed a criminal act on his part um, in terms yeah, of the Geraldo, actual conduct. Geraldo's very tight, apparently, with the family, and he kind of trotted out a little bit of a defense on Hannity the other night saying, listen, he's 63 years old, he's a bachelor middle of a pandemic he's lonely he's in albany he's just trying to make a little banter in the office so again no one is justifying it but you'd almost get some insight to what i i don't think geraldo came up on that or came up with that on his own i think that may have been fed to him just as like a little bit of a trial balloon folks quick break a lot more attorney tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show mega truck and trailer repair call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 for mega 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 truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com ever in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 
3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, we'd be remiss if we did not uh, have a segment or talking about Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor. Uh, Certainly uh, after, well, my God, you think about it. He's been in the eye of the storm since Ukraine, which was the summer of 2019. Um, But in the aftermath of the election, uh, Rudy went all in on this defense. And some of the stuff that's come out is like, you know, he's drinking all the time and the Four Seasons landscape. But these uh, these lawsuits, they, they seem uh, pretty serious. And, and there seems to be movement that people want to take against Giuliani and possibly even getting him disbarred. Yes, the disbarment is the latest development. I think the Bar Association of the state of New York um, is pushing hard to have some sort of an inquiry um, or move by the judiciary to attempt to have Rudy disbarred. My understanding in the state of New York, the Bar Association is a voluntary membership and Rudy is not a member. So the Bar Association is trying to take action against a non-member. By way of contrast, in Rhode Island, all lawyers are obligated to become members of the Rhode Island Bar Association. So we're all members, whether we want to be or not. so it's a little bit of a distinction in New York. Normally, if there was going to be some action taken to attempt to, to, to disbar a lawyer, um, if a client claimed that the lawyer did something improper, um, stealing money, um, forging documents, um, taking up a sexual relationship with a client, things of that nature, and the client complains to disciplinary counsel, that can result in proceedings which could result in disbarment. There's other cases. I know there's one famous case in federal court where a lawyer was phonying up billing records uh, regarding their request for fees and did it in a blatant manner, um, which resulted in the court referring the matter for disciplinary action, and that lawyer wound up getting disbarred. So it seems to me Rudy's client isn't complaining, the client being, I guess, President Trump. Um, It would be, I think, up to the judges who Rudy appeared before. If the judges think that Rudy was lying, making, you know, knowing misrepresentations, um, filing frivolous cases, it would be up to those judges to refer Rudy to the appropriate authorities for disciplinary action. I don't think the New York Bar Association can get it done. But again, anyone who is with President Trump during the whole challenge of the election results um, is in for a tough time now between private lawsuits and negative media attention. So when the Bar Association says we want to try to get Rudy disbarred, it's, it's a headline. Oh. Folks, again, we're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd on the John DePietro Show. Tim, I want to go to uh, this week, Sergeant Hanley, Providence Police, that uh, they didn't have any testimony this week. But when it was, it's going to resume next next week, I believe, next Thursday. Uh, when Les left off, this was the video that came out and somebody filmed it. And there was some altercation where this, this man uh, who did get 50000 from the city, by the way, was kind of. They call it chirping at them and yelling and filming and so forth. So Hanley comes down and he's doing some demonstrations. I thought Michael Colucci's attorney did a very good job. He gets the guy in the stand who's sitting there with a Black Lives Matter mask and says, you know, the, you know that the organization is anti-police. It stands for defunding the police. I think they also bring out the fact that, you, you know, you've been arrested 22 times. The media had neglected to mention that. And saying, don't you think you're a little biased towards the blue? No, not at all. Totally objective. Um, it comes down to this demonstration of how he, I, I thought he handled it pretty well, saying if you do that, then they could sweep your legs out underneath. But 
basically the guy did get 50,000, but what's your assessment so far of this Sergeant Hanley case? It's a, it's a really good case to follow. Um, It's very interesting. And as we've said many, many times, um, the first media reports and the first uh, specter of a video claiming to show exactly what happened um, doesn't turn out to be the full story. That's right. In this case, yet again, I mean, Hanley could well get convicted. We don't know yet. But what's been developed by his defense team um, is certainly a lot different than the initial reports would have suggested um, Hanley's conduct to have been. Both sides have really good lawyers. I know both of them. Mike McCabe from the AG's office is an experienced litigator. He's very smart. He's doing a good job. He doesn't have probably the witnesses that he would dream about having, but you know, you've got the witnesses that you've got in a case. That's right. As Don Brumsfeld said, you don't go to war with the army you want. You go to war with the army you have. Yes. And, and Mike <laughs> Colucci, from his very oh, experience, boy. he's handled yeah. a lot of police brutality cases. He's gotten a lot of wins for the cops that he's representative. He knows his way around the courtroom. Um, I think that his defense has been very good. Um, he did a good job with the, um, the the witness with the Black Lives Matter mask on, whose name escapes yeah. me. But that's this is the guy on the stand who got the fifty thousand dollars, and you know he was pretty quick, pretty agile, pretty verbally adept on the stand to to spar with um, the lawyers. He 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 was good. Um, but he did say when the cops were trying to get him out of the car, he didn't push back. He didn't fight. He didn't tent, he didn't, um, resist, but he says, I probably tensed up. So if you're sitting there rigid and you're not cooperating and you're not moving when the cops tell you to move and they're not trying to pull you out and you're tensed up, are you resisting arrest? I mean, that that's going to be for the judge to decide. He, he's not cooperating getting out of the car, arguably. So they get him out of the car and they get him on the ground. I think that the defendant in Colucci did a great job of um, demonstrating, literally demonstrating Colucci's on the floor of the courtroom and yeah. he's going through all of yep. the um, techniques utilized by cops to secure or control a um, suspect. And I think that the presentation was very effective. Remember, this, when, when this victim gets $50,000, you look at that by a civil standard. Could, could it be proved civilly that um, this guy was injured by the cop? Well, perhaps. And that's why they paid out. And they wanted to put this thing to bed politically. But this criminal case is beyond a reasonable doubt. I think at this point, doubt has been raised. Um, Doubt as to whether the conduct of this um, Sergeant uh, Hanley was criminal or not. That's for the judge to decide. This is a district court trial. There is no jury. Um, If he is found guilty, he'll appeal to superior court and have another trial in front of a jury. And the evidence and the testimony will be memorialized. And if he's found not guilty, that's the end of the case from his perspective. Mm. I, I, I think that doubt has certainly been shown here. Uh, is yeah. it enough doubt to get him acquitted? That remains to be seen. Um, but from, from my perspective, it's um, interesting to watch a case that is being well tried by two very experienced lawyers. It's, um, you don't see this type of case happen very often in the district court. Usually this type of thing happens in superior court. So it, it's, it's nice to see this case unfolding. Um, it's like a prize fight with two heavyweights. It's very, it's being very well done. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show. This winter, you can depend on Henry oil. Call them today. 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. Make Henry Oil make the switch. 
Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health. 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. With me is our legal analyst, Rhode Island, uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It's Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, this uh, there was a fire at an apartment uh, work fire apartment complex on Warwick Avenue. Uh, Sixty people got, you know, knocked out of the apartments and so forth. And and uh, and it turns out that that someone who was, in fact, living there has been charged with it. And something that, you know, we have talked about arson people from what I understand, people, you know, she was trying to say, well, you know, I was just upset and blah, blah, blah. But. Uh, arson to an apartment complex that sounds like a very serious that's a serious crime if it's proven even if she were to even if she were to try to get a plea bargain um, depending on the quality and quantity of evidence if they've got her lined up for first degree arson um, she's going to jail for sure first degree arson is a very significant criminal offense because you're putting the firefighters and rescue personnel at risk because they're coming into an uncertain scene. Uh, this case especially is serious because she, if, if proved uh, that she uh, committed first-degree arson, she put the lives of many people who lived in this apartment complex at risk. Um, 
right now it's just a state charge. If this was a federal charge, um, what she would probably catch, even if she were to plea bargain the case away, would be a significant amount of jail time, four, five, six, seven years, easy, because the system, both state and federal, looks at arson cases very seriously because of the potentially, you know, dramatic negative outcomes that could happen with people dying or getting hurt or getting burned or getting injured. Um, the system looks at these very seriously. So even if she was mad or ticked off or wanted to um, prove a point, uh, she picked a very bad method to do it because unless she's got some alibi or some defense, she's going to jail. Wow. Tim Dodd, this next story, I mean, this is incredible with DNA. Again, if they can prove it, but you have a woman that was killed in 1981 and in Colorado, and they're claiming that DNA from a vanilla Coke can has led to the arrest and they solved this cold case from, from 1981. It is, it is really remarkable. It's a great case. It's a great story. Um, it's a great um, advertisement for DNA um, evidence and for, you know, the strides that are being made with technology. Yes, the, the woman in question um, was murdered. I believe she was sexually assaulted. And it was a crime that they couldn't prove back in the 80s. However, there was a um, bloodstained rug from the area where um, she was killed. And that was preserved as evidence. The case went cold, but they always preserved that bloodstained rug. Fast forward to, I think it was the 90s, DNA technology started to um, become more developed, as we know from the OJ case. And they determined that the blood on the carpet was not that of the victim, that it was of someone else. They refined the technology, they refined the technology, they had one wrong suspect, but they always thought that this guy might have been involved. Um, they do some national DNA cross-matching, and they think they got the right guy, they think they got him, and now they, st they stake him out, and in his trash that he throws out, uh, amongst the things he throws out is a vanilla Coke can. So when he throws this out with the trash, it's not like they entered his home or did an illegal search. He discarded this. There was no claim of ownership. He was looked at it as trash. So the cops grabbed the Coke can. They were able to get DNA material from it, which it was an exact match for the DNA in the blood in the carpet. And here we are 30 years later, the guy's arrested for first-degree murder, first-degree sexual assault, and it looks like they got them lined up. Um, it's an amazing situation. Back in the 80s, I'm sure cops would have never have dreamed that DNA technology would be um, solving 30-year-old murder cases. It's just like the case we had in Warwick, where they got the guy who killed the jogger with the, um, like that axe, and it was through... Um, one of those Ancestry.com websites that they were able to extrapolate through his relatives and they worked it back yeah. to him and it was all through DNA. This, that guy in Warwick had no idea that they were, they were closing in on him or that they were going to get him through his DNA. So there's other cases out there to be solved and um, those committing crimes, you know, just know that DNA is becoming a very reliable science. Um, it, they were they were able to kick the tires, let's say, during the OJ trial, but it's gotten much more refined, right. much more refined today. Tim Dodd, when uh, all this PPP money started going out, uh, Rhode Island had the first, I believe, the first national fraud case, and it was this guy David uh, Stavely of Massachusetts. But he claimed at the time. It also, by the way, goes by Kurt Sanborn, David Sanborn. He, uh, at the time, claimed that he owned uh, the Remington Inn, which had closed. But he also claimed he owned a couple other restaurants, including Top of the Bay and Warwick. So uh, what a journey we have been on with him and discussing him now for close to a year. Uh, he then uh, tried to fake his own death, left a note. I think it was the Boston, Boston North Shore, Goodbye Crew World, 
uh, leaves everything, and then they catch up to him. That did not, in fact, happen. Uh, instead, they caught up with him down south. He is. What can you tell us about now? He's he's trying to get a I believe a compassionate relief out of the Wyatt, uh, based on you know the situation with COVID. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I don't think he's going anywhere, John. He, no. He, th- think back a couple of months ago, where the woman from East Greenwich who scammed people for yes. millions of dollars, Monica Brady, she was yeah. trying. Like there's trying to go to Vietnam. Like there's no tomorrow to get out of the country and go yeah. to Vietnam. Compare it to Your this grandma. guy who had aliases, false identification, names, you know, false businesses, and he did his best to throw off the investigators when he kind of skipped town to fake his own death or to fake his suicide. The cops weren't buying it. They knew that it was a phonied up situation and they got him. But this is a guy who's certainly a flight risk and I'll, I'll bet you a cup of coffee that no judge is going to give him a compassionate release because um, he's just not a good candidate for it, much like Monica Brady wasn't a good candidate for it. She's still sitting there. I think she made two, if not three, runs at getting a compassionate release, and the, the federal court judge was not going to hear it. And I think that this guy's in for the same fate. I, I can't imagine a judge is going to let him out on a compassionate release because of the shenanigans that he was up to both in scamming the money in the first place and then trying to skip town after he got caught. Yeah. They found his uh, wallet credit cards. I think it was in junior beach, Nick in, uh, in Quincy. And then they caught up with him in Georgia, but Tim Dodd, that was after, you know, they did a search and rescue and they were trying to find the body and then basically felt that he had faked his own death, traveled to Tennessee and then was in uh, Georgia under a false identity when then they, they caught up to him. Tim Dodd, what would be the um, what would be the circumstances where they, maybe the court would, would allow someone to grant him? Like, well, Michael Cohen, who got jammed up with President Trump, but he was, he was pretty in and out pretty quickly. Well, typically, it's the nature of the crime, but it's also the nature of your health conditions. You know, if you're a healthy person, you're less likely to get a compassionate release. If you've got hypertension and diabetes and you're overweight um, and you've got COPD and things of this nature, um, you've got a better case to make medically that staying in prison is more dangerous to your health or your life because of your pre-existing health risks. Um, That doesn't always win the day, but you've got to start there that you've got some reason to get out. Um, Remember, Steve Sakosha tried to get out of his 660-year um, prison sentence for on a compassionate release, saying that he's got a bad back and hypertension, I think, and high blood pressure. Um, the judge took into account the nature of his criminal acts and denied him a compassionate release. Um, it's really up to the judge. So I think they always, whether they will overtly say so or not, look at the defendant and the crimes that were committed and then couple that with the person's health conditions. Um, so this guy's this guy's Tim, not going anywhere. Uh, but just before we go, Tim Stephen Sakosha, uh, Tim Dodd, you had mentioned he actually, when he was a young man, I, I wasn't he had like this brilliant math mind, and then uh, and then somehow got caught up, obviously with the money laundering for the cartel. But early on, he he was wasn't he he was considered like a he whiz was a whiz kid. kid. I, I knew him yeah. tangentially. He was a Cranston kid who got into collecting and buying and selling coins. He would go to these coin events right. and he, he was like a prodigy. He knew everything about coins. Oh. He got into the gold coins, the collectibles, the rare coins. He knew how to make money. He had a good business sense. Had he stuck to that, he would have been a millionaire anyways. But, you know, he got dazzled by... Um, the other side of um, illegal business uh, transactions and got tied up with extraordinarily bad people and he's paying the price. But had he gone straight and never gone over to a life of crime, he would have for sure been a multimillionaire. He was a real smart guy. Hmm. And Tim Dodd, at his peak, what exactly was he involved with? How was he uh, dealing with the the cartel? Gold was being filtered through his coin shop in Cranston. Like lots and lots and lots of gold was filtering through there. And he was laundering money for, I believe it was the Cali Colombian drug cartel. And 
he thought, again, because he was probably too smart by half, he was wiring money all over the world. So he'd get money and he'd wire it to mm. Dubai and then he'd wire it to Athens and he'd wire it to Montreal, then he'd wire it to Tokyo, then he'd wire it somewhere else, thinking that he was going to throw the feds off the trail. But they tracked all of it. They tracked everything yeah. that he was doing in terms of moving money around the world, trying to clean it and launder it. And they had him dead to rights on all of it, on all of it. And it was oh. millions and millions and millions of dollars were being laundered through his business operation in Cranston. Um, and oh. a lot of his employees were moving huge quantities of gold. Um, it was it's something that could be a movie. It's of that, if yeah. it's of that caliber quality and the characters um, that were involved were um, characters who could richly be portrayed on the screen if they chose to do so. Well, folks, he is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the train technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time, from service calls to maintenance agreements to installation. R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating.